Sustainability Unwrapped, a conversational podcast about responsibility, ethics, inequalities, climate change, and other challenges of our times, where science needs practice to think about our world and how to make our society more sustainable one podcast at a time. This is Sustainability Unwrapped, a podcast episode on sustainable investing. My name is Hanna Silvala. I'm Associate Professor of Accounting here at Hanken School of Economics. And today I have very interesting guest, Magnus Alfredsson uh, from Sweden. You are, you are managing Breithaus Fund there in Sweden. And I hope we have so interesting debate on sustainable investing today. Uh, could you, Magnus, tell something about your background? Okay, uh, my name is Magnus Alfredsson. I am 44 years old from Sweden, as you mentioned. Uh, I've been working within private banking and asset management for 15 years in Sweden and abroad. And uh, But I'm not doing that anymore because I got fed up with selling things that I never would buy myself. And as I mentioned, I am the manager of Proetos Fund. I've been that for three and a half years. And um, I'm very happy <laughs> to do this. That sounds interesting and a and, uh, very honest description also regarding your background. So um, when we talk about sustainable investing, it might be good to talk about sustainability as a phenomenon first, because different people have different understanding what is sustainable. So. Uh, we do not have that sort of universal definition that everyone would agree. So uh, what uh, what sustainability means to you personally? I guess that you have been thinking about that so much uh, during your uh, career. I would say that that is to be and to live within our planetary boundaries. Uh, quick and easy response. So, uh, could you elaborate that a bit more? What does it uh, What does it mean? Uh, like uh, usually in in uh, sustainability debate, we talk about uh, needs of the future generation on long term and so on. So, um, we we know that we need to do changes. We need we need to change. Uh, we we have to stop pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and we have a window it's not too wide but we have a couple of years uh, to stop doing that and that is the the one big thing that we need to do uh, what every regular people can do they can probably see what they're eating and see if they can change a little uh, on 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 that side uh, we have techniques that will reduce the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere uh, that is just beginning to to be developed now like carbon capture and storage uh, we're talking about planting more trees and so on but if we're talking about what what sustainability is i would say more it's it's a mindset it's something that you have in the back of your mind uh, that you can add to every discussion every decision that you make uh, and it's a value of course uh, so um, yeah i think that if if that wraps it up thanks i think this is very well defined um 
when we talk about uh, sustainable investing, then we usually describe that with the letters E, S and G, environment, social and, and governance. So um, which of these letters uh, is the most important for you? Is that environment like like you, you described quite much about climate change, etc. So is your motivation um, oriented most towards environmental effects or do you consider all these aspects uh, equal? I, I consider all of them but environmental is the focus, the main, the, the topic of the fund. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely the most important. Yeah, uh, and I think that drives financial sector change uh, at the moment. So uh, how one can then evaluate what is really sustainable or green when we talk about uh, sustainability and, and uh, sustainable products and, and uh, financial products? That's a tricky question, of course. Uh, but if we're looking at what is sustainable, what is green, uh, my trick is to look at the specific product, service or company or whatever it is that I'm looking at and then try to peel off the various layers of marketing and your own preconceptions. Uh, and then I would say that you get a pretty good feel for if it's sustainable or if it's not, or at least you can compare, is this more sustainable than something else? Yes, and then uh, I think the sustainable investing as a phenomenon, it has increased a lot and and uh, now there is a debate whether that is already mainstream on financial markets. In, in Nordics, it seems to be very, very popular in Europe, yes, and then the rest of the world is, is uh, uh, waking up, let's say so. But uh, how do you see the phenomenon of sustainable investing as a whole? Uh, I see it as a very important eye-opener um, because it doesn't really matter if you and uh, me, if we own a oil company or not, uh, if we sell the share, someone else will buy it. But there is a different piece in this. It's extremely important that we do this and that we care as a movement, as a signal, as a voice of the collective. Uh, we cannot just leave this part of the industry and say, ah, it's it's gonna it's gonna work work out in some way on its own. Uh, so this is just another aspect, as I said before, that we have to uh, have with us in 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 the decisions that we make. Can I interpret this also in a way that uh, only excluding bad companies is not the solution, but we we need to bring the chains in all companies? Uh, we need to change all companies, definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting in 10-15 years to see what companies that can actually go through this change. Uh, I think we will see a lot of new companies that is built on a sustainable thought uh, that will uh, take market shares. Uh, in the coming years, uh, and I also think that we will see a couple of the dinosaurs go down. Yeah, and it seems that financial markets, they, they really have taken huge role now uh, regarding this uh, change towards sustainability. 
have you observed any differences uh, between Sweden and other countries? You know Swedish market very well, and I I guess that you are very well aware of what's, what's happening in other countries, and maybe you have reflected this situation um, to Finland, for example? I'm not very good at the Finnish, uh, what, what's going on in Finland, but I can say in Sweden, my experience is that green and sustainable funds has historically uh, been sold as extra flavor funds, if I can put it that, that way. Banks and fund companies, they figured out that if you take a regular fund and you add a greenish color to the fact sheet, then and add the word transition green sustainable or something like that in the name then then you can charge more but i think that is historically i think we are at a crossroads now where banks actually step up and do so much more than just paint it green yeah and i think that customers are also aware of costs and uh, and uh, they really analyze uh, that side as well uh, yeah, the problem at the moment seems to be that we do not have that sort of universal uh, rules uh, to define what are sustainable funds and uh, which funds are not. Um, maybe we will talk about that a bit uh, later on. Uh, but can you observe any differences or similarities between institutional and private investors? Do they behave in similar way or is this uh, green investing, sustainable investing only marketing tool for uh, dummy private investors? <laughs> Uh, what, what we've seen from Proetos, uh, from, from our perspective, the last three and a half years is that the first ones were the private investors, the early adopters. Uh, then mainstream, as you mentioned, became more and more mainstream. And then we had a big boom after the American election uh, last year. Uh, I think that more of the institutional capital will move into the, the green sustainable transition uh, area but often I think this this money is quite conservative uh, so they are not the early adopters if we're talking about pension funds and, and foundations and so on but I think that the move will happen yeah, I think here in Finland, institutional investors, they have been very proactive. Uh, I mean, pension companies and, and banks and uh, statistics actually show that uh, uh, more and more uh, money is flowing towards sustainable funds. And it seems to be quite a global phenomenon. Uh, I, I, I sincerely think that sustainable companies will grow faster than ad other companies the coming 15 years. Uh, so if, if we're striving for the one and a half or the two percent uh, increase in temperature, then definitely the, the bet on the sustainable companies should be a no brainer. Yeah, and I also think that it has become much more easy to invest in sustainable funds and, and uh, high ESG companies because uh, we as customers, we have much more information nowadays than we had, uh, let's say, five years ago. So uh, we are uh, better informed on, on sustainability of uh, investment targets. So uh, when we talk about private investors uh, and possibilities of uh, private investors, um, how can they evaluate uh, and, and uh, 
consider a weather fund is sustainable? Well, I would say it's a jungle out there. It's a jungle of certifications and labels and everyone, of course, wants to be better than others. Uh, from Pareto's side, we've chosen not to have any of the traditional certifications simply because there's a cost to it and we don't feel that we need a certification to reach a, a higher standard, if I put it that way. Uh, but back to the question. How do we know if a fund is sustainable? I usually say that if you take a look at the five largest shares or the holdings in a fund, uh, and if those are more or less the same uh, shares or holdings that you find in a regular fund or in the index, then you probably shouldn't buy the fund, at least not for sustainable reasons. Okay. So your first tip is to have a look on biggest holdings and uh, consider whether they are sustainable. Yes, and also stick to the low fees. Yes, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about the strategy of the fund or um, how, how, how could you evaluate that? Like, uh, like the description of the fund, like that's the first one that private customer uh, will see. What would be your tricks or is there any keywords to find out? How, how you compare various funds, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, comparing various funds is a little tricky. That's like comparing uh, rocks. Um, you cannot compare a global fund to a Finnish fund or a mixed fund to a 100% share fund. Uh, so one way to go about is to look at the risk and take all of the funds that you're interested in that has a risk level let's say five out of seven and then take a look at uh, what has happened the last five years because one month doesn't matter uh, three months doesn't really matter one year hardly matters uh, if you want to get a a view uh, then you probably have to look at least five years uh, Focus on, as I said before, buying funds with low shares, have a long investment horizon and save on a monthly basis. Good tips. Okay, I think uh, that's uh, that's quite a good strategy at the beginning. So, um, there is a lot of debate uh, whether this sort of sustainable investing either to uh, stocks or uh, funds is uh, profitable. So what do you think how the sustainability orientation and profits are related? Uh, there are no conflicts between sustainability and profit. Uh, to to reach the, the climate goals that, that has been set, we have to invest heavily, heavily in a couple of areas like renewable energy being one of them. Uh, to increase the energy from wind uh, in Sweden. We have to build wind farms. There are about 15 different companies maybe uh, that can do so, meaning that we have to place the order with one of these companies. Uh, and then same thing with electric cars, same things with alternative to meat and dairy and so on. Uh, that is why I think that sustainable investment is the rational choice. 
Yeah, and uh, I can I can confirm also that from uh, academic side that uh, more and more academic evidence uh, actually show that uh, sustainable investing is uh, quite a good choice, and. Uh, of course, it depends on how sustainability is, is defined in these research projects. Uh, but if we consider high ESG companies uh, based on the ESG performance, uh, it seems that uh, especially now during the COVID-19, uh, these uh, high ESG companies have performed uh, fairly well. And, how, how, uh, how, far, how far back do you usually look when you... Uh, uh, we, historically? Usually, usually uh, academics have quite a long horizon, like a decade, and uh, we can see annual differences. And uh, it seems that uh, that um, sustainable investing can be rational choice, and uh, it actually must be because otherwise, I think uh, huge institutional investors wouldn't be able to invest pension money, for example, if that wouldn't be profitable at all. I think it's going to be very interesting in 15 years when we take a look at this uh, through the ups and the downs and so on. Uh, but um, yeah, let's let's see in 15 years. Yeah, personally, I'm I'm interested to see that sort of smaller companies which have not that sort of official ESG ratings yet, and uh, see how they perform because then. That's based on my own evaluation on the sustainability strategy and, and uh, activities, what they do, because they do not have that sort of good reporting or our uh, external ESG ratios. And for example, these companies that have been just listed in stock exchange, I think uh, from there we can hopefully find uh, some good examples then later on. Okay, so uh, we have been talking quite much about the sustainability and sustainable investing, but in the beginning you said that you have history in, in uh, um, other company selling, selling some products that you wouldn't buy yourself and uh, maybe that motivated you to, to create your own fund. Could you tell a bit more about your fund? Uh, what is it all about? Uh, it is a mixed fund, meaning that it's 80% shares and 20% interest bearing uh, or bonds. Uh, it was started three and a half years ago and it has gone up by approximately 135% since then. It's a risk five out of seven and the price is 0 0.65 per year. A uh, couple of the biggest holdings, Vestas, which is large in wind turbines, Swedish Nebe heat energy efficiency company, Skotec builds solar farms around the world, uh, Brookfields renewable invest in number of re renewable energy assets and um, and of course there are 70 different companies so uh, I'm not going to sit here and read all of them but known companies Tesla, Ulus, uh, nu Nubaina, uh, well to mention a couple of them. Okay, then that sounds fascinating, and uh, I recognized some some familiar companies uh, from your list. So, uh, could we go a step uh, back and uh, talk about your motivation? So, uh, how you were so um, uh, 
fascinated about this. So uh, I think it's quite a, it might be, it sounds a bit risky to start own business and create fund. It would be maybe a bit more risk averse to stay in the office and, and manage funds uh, invested uh, uh, by by other other people. So uh, what was your motivation to start your own fund? As I said, I didn't like what many of the, the, the banks was doing, you know, painting everything green. So uh, I, I wanted to to find one solution, one fund that was good, cheap, sustainable, and that would fit would be a good alternative to most people's fund portfolios. I wanted something easy, something cheap, and something actually that I would buy myself. So that was the the model, the framework that I set up. And then there were a couple of years of hard work before the fund was started, uh, but I'm very glad I did it. It has been the most exciting job-wise period in my life. Uh, I really love what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, it's it's nice to to be able to to do this to to have a conversation with people like you and I'm I'm getting contacted by people in Sweden and and, and other countries on a daily basis and I I really really like this part of, of what I'm doing. Sounds fascinating. So uh, what kind of people then invest in your fund? Uh, is that for private or institutional or both or how does it work? Uh, we don't really have uh, a very good insight. We, we, we have a couple of uh, numbers that we can look at and, and, and go and, and calculate, uh, but it is approximately 60,000 regular people, if I put it that way, uh, and they have on average 20,000 Swedish kroner or 2,000 euros invested in the fund per person. Uh, so I would say that the, the regular person that's put money in, in this kind of fund is someone they, they save money for their retirement if they have kids. Uh, it's usually long term, which we really like. Of course, uh, a fund is not a very good tool if you're short, short, if you have a shorter period, investment period. Uh, so uh, that's that's what we know about the Swedish market, and uh, I, we we started selling the the fund in Finland a couple of months ago, and I don't really have the numbers there, unfortunately. So uh, even I could invest. How 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 can I do it? Where do I find your uh, fund? In Finland right now, it's Nordnet. Uh, but Nordea started to sell the fund in Sweden uh, about two months ago, so I hope that Nordea will start selling it in Finland too. Okay, Nordnet is uh, is uh, very well known here in Finland, and uh, that's the largest provider among private private investors, and of course everyone know Nordea as well. So it it should be quite uh, quite easy to invest in in your fund, uh, also here in Finland. Okay, so um, uh, if we talk shortly about the future of uh, sustainability and uh, sustainable investing, what do you think about the current situation of sustainable investing? Uh, can you see any any insights how that will develop in the future? 
Like I now we see that a lot of things has happened uh, during the last couple of years and uh, and uh, you you said that there is some sort of window for the future. Yeah, I, I, I really hope, I think and I hope that the banks that are selling the, the various products will take a bigger responsibility because they are in many ways the, the, the gatekeeper. Um, I hope we don't get more of let's say confusing uh, labeling and certifications uh, i think we need more i think we need to stick to more basic maybe the three different levels that the eu taxonomy has given us the article uh, let's see article six eight and nine which is a, a certain limit of, of what you do in a I, i've written here we don't care we take <laughs> we care a little and we care a lot it's not that way but uh, uh, there are three levels at least. Yes. So e-regulation uh, seems to be quite a heavy, heavy package and uh, then it should give better information, more comparable information uh, to customers which funds are, are either light green or dark green or uh, have no ESG uh, orientation at all. And yeah. then the customer should be able to compare these. Um, and th th this is way. where I'm saying that I think that it would be good if the banks would take a bigger responsibility. Because right now, sometimes you can take a look at the fund and there is so much information. Um, and if you're just a regular investor, I can imagine uh, that you just take a look at it and say, ooh, ooh, this is too much. And you. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't you don't even start saving, uh, or or you just set, take something that you you recognize from before. Uh, yeah. But simpler processes and simpler information would be uh, a good way, I think. Yes, I think the problem is that uh, now everyone can claim that they are sustainable, but then it's uh, it's quite a big decision to private investor then uh, to evaluate. Uh, which of these funds really is sustainable. So let's let's hope that the, the future EU taxonomy and, and regulation will uh, will uh, clear up these these rules. So uh, maybe at the end, uh, what what kind of tips you would like to give to a private investor? For example, our university students uh, who are very in the beginning of their investment career or then maybe to alumni uh, who have already been investing but are wondering how to invest in more sustainable way. I would say remember the basics, remember low fees, well diversified portfolio, set up a monthly transfer into the into the fund. And uh, yes, I realize when I'm saying that, that this is not very exciting and this is not where you're going to get your kicks, but it is where you will find the money you set aside when you need it. So if you're looking for risks, go ride a bike without a helmet. I think these are wise words. Many thanks, Magnus, uh, for your uh, visit here in our Sustainability Unwrap podcast. And uh, I really hope that uh, uh, you have successful uh, fund also in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you.